Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus went down to Capernaum, a town of Galilee. He taught them on the Sabbath, and they were astonished at his teaching because he spoke with authority. In the synagogue, there was a man with the spirit of an unclean demon, and he cried out in a loud voice, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him and said, Be quiet, come out of him. Then the demon threw the man down in front of them and came out of him without doing him any harm. They were all amazed and said to one another, What is there about his word? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And news of him spread everywhere in the surrounding region. The Gospel of the Lord. So my uh, mentor, Christopher West, he puts it this way. He often says about the enemy, he says, The devil doesn't have his own clay. It's a line you'll hear often in his talks or lectures or books. The devil doesn't have his own clay, meaning that like the devil as a creature doesn't have the power to create anything. All he has the power to do is to pervert and to twist and to distort and, and hijack if you will, the good that the Lord has made. He's a creature. He doesn't have the capacity to make his own stuff. All he can do is like twist the good things that God has done. So he takes something like love and twists it into lust. He takes truths and distorts them into lies. He takes the longing in our hearts for the infinite and distorts it by offering us this sort of buffet of finite things, right? That's the enemy's tactic. He twists. He doesn't have his own clay. Okay, I bring all this up because I was struck this morning as I was praying with Paul's admonition to the Thessalonians, and it made me think of um, our current cultural moment, right? In particular, in regards to the sort of woke ideology that is everywhere in our culture, from higher education to the university systems to the media and Hollywood, um, the whole notion of wokeness. So, have we heard of this phrase, the woke thing? Okay. If we haven't, let me say a word about it. This woke, wokeness, woke ideology, it's the whole set of ideas that's driving the, the sort of modern progressive left, this progressive utopianism that's um, kind of taken hold of, of the left. This idea that, um, like, I once was unaware of what was really going on in our culture, that our culture and our world and its systems and structures were being driven ultimately on the deepest reality by things like racism or sexism or xenophobia, that our culture is undergirded by these things. But then I awoke to these realities. I began to see what was actually going on. I'm now one of the enlightened ones. That's what's the, this whole notion of the woke ideology is 
It's looking at what they think is the depths of culture and systems and these things. And uh, yeah, so that's the idea. All right, so listen again here to St. Paul with that in the background, right? This whole notion of the woke ideology. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness for that day to overtake you like a thief. For all of you are children of the light and children of the day. We are not of the night or of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as the rest do, but let us stay alert and sober. Let us stay alert and sober. Let us not sleep as the rest do. See what's going on here. Like The enemy has hijacked St. Paul. (laughs) He's hijacked St. Paul. He's perverted this sort of Christian exhortation to stay away. Christians, like St. Paul's saying, Christians were the original woke. St. Paul is saying, Christians were the ones who were the, like, the ones who awoke to the deeper realities, the deeper spiritual battle, the deeper narrative that's actually at play. St. Paul is saying the Christian narrative is the one that is the actual woke narrative. The enemy has taken it and hijacked it. Stay awake, stay sober, stay alert. All of these phrases that we hear St. Paul saying, they all sound a lot like what, you know, like a, a, a general in battle would maybe be saying to his soldiers that they come to a certain territory in the battlefront and they settle in at night. But he's saying to them, no, 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 don't fall asleep in your foxhole. Stay awake, stay sober, stay alert as you're hunkered down. These are the words of warfare. These are the words of battle. And that, like, that right there, that's what St. Paul is telling us we have to stay awake to. That's what Christians are woke to. That yes, there is a battle. We are engaged in a battle. We are born into enemy-occupied territory. We are born into a battle that has been raging long before we showed up here. Right? There is a battle going on, but it's not a battle between left and right. It's not a battle between this party or that party or this system or that system. It's a battle, as St. Paul says, between principalities and powers. That's who our enemy is. There is one enemy. It's the original enemy. It's the enemy from the beginning. And he's working out his purposes in and through the culture right now. I've often heard in, in the last year, two years or so, in conversations with people, you know, people have asked, and I've asked, like, what is their agenda Speaking of this progressive utopian left, what is their agenda? What's their end game? They don't have an agenda. They don't have an end game. Because it's the enemy's agenda. It's the enemy's end game. It's his desire for the destruction of the human race. That's the agenda. That's the end game. It's the same that it's always been. The enemy wants as many people as possible to die believing the lie that happiness or human flourishing is found by being emancipated from the things of God. That's what the enemy wants us to believe. That's his goal for as many people as possible to die believing the lie that my flourishing, my happiness is found by declaring my independence from God. Believing the lie that God is an enemy, believing the, God, the lie that God is my rival, that he doesn't want my flourishing, to believe the lie that the kingdom can be built without the king and we'd be better off for it. Like he's not interested in having us worship Satan. Satan's not interested in Satanism. He's interested in having us worship anything or anyone but God. 
That's what he wants. Worship anything and anyone, just not God. The left thinks the wars between political parties, between those in power, those who don't have power, but that's not it. That's not the war. That's not the battle. It's a total war. It's an all-out war between the living and the dead, between what John Paul II called the culture of life and the culture of death. It's a battle between the word and the anti-word, between truth and lies. That's the battle. And we, as faithful Catholics, we cannot lose sight of the full scope of the battle or our place in it or the weapons we have at our disposal. So often I hear people say, like, what can I do? And then they'll say this, like, besides prayer. <laughs> like, like, if that's where you're at, you've completely missed everything. What can you do besides prayer? Are you kidding me? Do you have any idea what prayer is? Are you serious? Like, what can I do besides prayer? Like, pray. Pray and pray hard. We are capable of, like, the, the, the forces we have on our side far outnumber the forces of evil. We have in us the power that overcame and conquered sin and death. My goodness, what can I do besides pray? And if you're suffering, you are like the spiritual Navy SEALs of the church. Like if you have any kind of suffering in your life, just give that to the Lord and let the Lord use that suffering and pain and struggle as intercessory, like air to ground support. <laughs> Pray. We have so much on our side. We cannot lose sight of, of who the enemy actually is, what the battle's actually being fought over, his end game, his goal. And we have to fight with the weapons of our disposal. Prayer and fasting. Scripture, it's the sword of the Spirit. The rosary, which Padre Pio called it his weapon. We have so much at our disposal. We have so much at our disposal. And we have to always remember, it's already been won. The battle's already been won. We don't have to wonder, will the Lord win? <laughs> He's already won. He has absolutely already won. Mary has her foot on the serpent's neck. And the tail right now is just whipping furiously. That's where we are in our cultural moment. The tail of the serpent is whipping furiously. But her foot is on his neck. And that's good news. Amen.